0: Another Super Bowl, over. And what a change it was from Super Bowls past. But I was still there, watching every play, looking for entertainment to take my mind off Washington, off COVID. But one thing still swirls around, one thing is death. The end of last week. Christopher Plummer of Sound of Music fame died at age 91. I'll never forget watching the movie as a young boy with my parents. In Russia, the medical doctor who probably saved the life of Alexei Navalny has died. No real reason given. And it raises issues after his team helped spirit away to Germany Navalny after his poisoning. The anti Putin politician went back home having recovered only to be arrested under spurious charges. Thousands of his followers arrested for protesting his being detained. The cloud of death hangs over us all. Dying isn't new. It's not going away. Christians have the only hope. So where is your hope today? Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in this series that we're continuing this week, a second week, called, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? It's a question all of us have asked this past year, I'm sure. And it's a question that gets right to the heart of our Christian faith. Of course, we aren't asking God's address when we ask this question. We know that the Lord is everywhere. As King David said in its famous Psalm 139, there is nowhere we can go to escape the presence of the Lord. He's there at the highest heights, He's waiting for us in the lowest valley. We can't get away from him. But that's exactly why we ask this question. Where is God? He's everywhere. So why has the world been plunged into chaos? Why has my family suffered? Why have I had to be isolated from friends for so long and not able to go to a church that I want to go to? There are many answers to that question, but joining me in just a moment will be Dr. John Lennox again. He's thought a lot about the Lord's presence and work in the world. And he has a lot to say about where we can see the Lord in a coronavirus world. This COVID-19 hasn't just plunged the world into chaos, showing us how fragile our world's economies can be. It's shown us just how vulnerable we are. It's why Dr. Lennox began his book with this important word.
1: I started off with vulnerability because that's what everybody was talking about. Mm -hmm. After all, it's the 21st century. We thought medicine had beaten these things. This is the black death or it's the Spanish flu in the early part Mm -hmm. of the century, or it's a bit like SARS, but it turns out to be far worse than SARS because it can be carried without the carrier being aware of it. And therefore, we discover once again that we're not as indestructible as we thought. And so the deep questions of vulnerability leading on to mortality, death, and then, of course, the question of God and eternity is very close to those. So I started where I felt the public mood
0: was. Dr. John Lennox. Sitting down with Jeff Greenman, the president at Regent College in Vancouver, explaining why he chose to begin his book on the coronavirus with vulnerability. We all are vulnerable. Not just those of us most at risk, but all human beings are vulnerable. Coronavirus has brought that reality fresh to our hearts, hasn't it? We've realized once again just how vulnerable we are as a people. In a world as technologically advanced as ours, we might have thought we were past pandemics. But COVID has reminded us we are still humans. But in the midst of our vulnerability, the Lord is still faithful. So don't go away. We're going to hear more from Dr. Lennox. Then after the program, I'd like to send you a copy of his new book for your gift to the ministry. Our number is 800 Six, five, four, twenty-eight, thirty-six, eight hundred, sixty-five Haven. You can also go online and read a few pages from the book, and after that, make your gift at HavenToday.org, HavenToday.org, and if you wanted to but you just didn't get around to it, we still have the Gospel of Luke DVD which includes a feature film following the entire gospel word for word in either the NIV or the KJV. It's yours for your gift to the ministry. And Now let's open the program with 10th Avenue North.
2: As I walk this great unknown, questions come and questions go. Was there purpose for the pain? Did I cry these tears in vain? I don't want to live in fear. I want to trust that you are near. Trust your grace can be seen in both triumph and tragedy. Sometimes my faith feels thin Like the night will never end Will you catch every tear Or will you just leave me here I
3: have this We'll be right
2: You are with me, and you won't let go.
0: I have this hope. Do you have it? That's the title of a song as we open Haven today, 10th Avenue North, singing there for us. A program called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? I'm Charles Morris. Now, go back with me for a moment. The world had been plunged into chaos in an earlier day. Violence and brutality was the way of the land back then. Human beings had corrupted their way. Genesis 6-8 is a brutal reminder of the vulnerability of humans, not just to the course of nature, but to sin and violence. It was a pandemic of unbridled sin. Only Noah, who the Scriptures describes as righteous and upright, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The story of the flood. It's an ancient reminder of our vulnerability and an ancient reminder of the Lord's faithfulness. Listen to the story that you find in Genesis. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. Notice that word over and over again, corruption. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. The waters flooded the earth for a 150 days. But then we get to Genesis chapter 8. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth. And the waters receded. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his son's wives. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil, From childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Now, that's an excerpt of the flood account taken from Genesis 6 through 8. It's a story of vulnerability. No one was safe from those flood waters, not even Noah and his family, if it weren't for the Lord's grace. He came to Noah, He gave him the directions to build that ark and he preserved Noah and his family through the dangerous flood. The human race was on the brink of extinction, but the Lord preserved Noah. It tells us something. The Lord is faithful to his people, even in the midst of extreme chaos. The Lord knows we are vulnerable. The Lord knows that we are weak. But instead of waiting for us to become strong, which we can't do, he comes to us. And he saves us in our weakness. That's what the story of the flood tells us. The Lord is faithful. In our coronavirus world, full of chaos and suffering, I'll say it like it was said back then. The Lord is faithful. But you might be thinking, wait a second, the flood was all about God's judgment. Is that what the coronavirus is? I know there are some who think that today. I've read that on social media. The flood was about judgment. Yes, but that's not exactly how we should think about coronavirus. I invite you to listen as Dr. John Lennox answers the question.
1: Well, I say be very careful Mm -hmm. because we have guidance about that. Now, of course, Scripture tells us that it is possible that a person who's suffering is experiencing some kind of discipline from God. Scripture says that. But in general, the basic principles was taught by Jesus himself in Luke 13, and it's a most illuminating, very short episode where he's on the Temple Mountain and people in the crowd say, Lord, and I'm just paraphrasing, Lord, this is the place where Pilate came out and massacred a whole crowd of people at worship. That's moral evil. And Jesus says to them, yes, and and do you think they were any worse than anybody else in Jerusalem at the time? I tell you, they were not. And then, amazingly, he adds another incident. And he said, are the 18 on whom the tower of Siloam or Siloam fell? Do you think they were any worse than anybody else? Mm -hmm. I tell you, they were not. Now, he has an added phrase, but Let's just look at those two for a moment. And as I analyze that, the massacre was terrible for those involved. It was small scale, though. Similarly, the fall of the tower. But the principle is the same because COVID-19, although global, it is a collection of small scale tragedies for the families involved. Mm -hmm. Now, what is Jesus saying? I think he's very clearly saying this, when you see that kind of tragedy, moral evil or a catastrophe, the collapse of a tower, you cannot necessarily conclude that they are worse than somebody else and suffering because God is judging them. And what I noticed, Jeff, it's very interesting, and I noticed this in New Zealand, that when professing Christians take that view, it doesn't lead people to think about God at all. It makes them mad because they just turned around and they said, who do you think you are telling us that you think God's judging these people? What about yourself? So it doesn't do any good whatsoever. But what Jesus said at the end of that incident, he said this, except you all repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now, of course, he didn't mean that you've got a choice of how you die, either be massacred in church or a tower will fall on you. But I think what he meant was these tragedies raise the question of mortality. And one out of one of us is going to die. You need to think about that because when it comes to God's standards, all of us fall under Uh, God's judgment in that sense. So what we need to do is take seriously the matter of eternity and the fact we're going to meet God and we need to repent. Now that makes sense to me because that's exactly the effect that COVID-19 is happening, at least in the UK, with the increased numbers in online churches. People want to know what the implication is. So that's my reaction. But I don't deny that in certain cases, people suffer because they've sinned. But there's another side to that. Sometimes they suffer when they haven't. Job is a classic case, one of the biggest biblical books devoted to the topic, we need to be extremely careful with our analyses here because we can do a huge amount of damage if we're not careful.
0: From another interview that John Lennox did, this time with the president of Regent College, Jeff Greenman, we need to be careful when thinking about any disaster as God's judgment. The massacre on the altar, the Tower of Siloam falling, the coronavirus, I shared earlier from Genesis 6 to 8, reminding us that the Lord is faithful even in the midst of judgment. It was Jesus who underwent the wrath of the Lord for us. In the midst of the greatest outpouring of judgment, the Lord remained faithful to us. How will he not also be faithful to us right now? Where is God in a coronavirus world? He's here. He's sustaining us. He's preserving us from his judgment as we hide ourselves in the ark of our salvation. Not a boat, but a person. Jesus Christ, our Savior, will ensure that we make it through to the other side. We may be vulnerable, but if dependence on the Lord is our goal, then our vulnerability is a strength. Turn to the Lord, trust in the Lord, and rest in the Lord's unchanging grace. In fact, why don't I lead us in prayer right now? Lord, there are such diverse views related to COVID-19, even in the Christian world. Lord, we don't have all the answers. Not every medical doctor has the answers. And I know social media does not have all the answers. But Lord, we know when we follow King Jesus, We can trust in our Savior. We can trust him to get us through this pandemic, to calm the waters that are not very still right now, to end the chaos that's all around us, to overcome the diversions and also the infighting that has come into the church, the earthly church of Jesus Christ. Lord, we need you christ we need you and by the power of the holy spirit we will make it through so i pray this prayer now in the name of jesus amen This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris in a program called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? That was Sarah Groves. He's always been faithful. At the very end of John Lennox's little book, which has the same title as our series this week, he says he can't answer all of the questions this pandemic has caused us to ask. He does do a good job at answering many questions, But what John does do so well is to point us to the hope and peace that we can find in only Jesus. And that's exactly what happened to me when I read this brief but very encouraging book. It helped me put my eyes on Jesus, who's the giver of hope. And I know it will do the same for you. Would you call us right now? Would you make your gift to this ministry? And we'll send you the book, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Our number is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can go online and read a few pages from the book and make your gift there. Our website is haventoday.org. haventoday.org. Now let me just tell you, We got a few calls and a few emails at the end of last week. John Lennox is not going to talk about vaccines and whether you should or should not or which one you should take, but he is going to turn his attention to more important things in this book, eternal things, answering questions we all need to be asking. By the way, it's Still not too late to read the Gospel of Luke this year, and to help you do that, we still have that feature film, the DVD telling Christ's story, word for word, the Gospel of Luke from either the NIV or the KJV. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll turn our attention back to the great story, the story that's all about Jesus, here on Haven today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The book of Psalms opens with a promise of blessing, but that promise is interrupted with a warning. If you want to be blessed, and there's not a soul on earth that doesn't want blessing, you can't walk in step with the wicked, meaning participants in sin. You can't stand in the way of sinners, being so familiar that no one can tell the difference. And you can't sit in the seat of scoffers. You can't join in mocking the Lord. No, if you want to be blessed, you must take a different road. Psalm 1 says blessing comes through delighting in the Lord's word. If we do that, we'll be like that tree beside still waters, never dry, never lost. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.